So Eric, you have a thing with accents and I've seen you do a mean Indian one. Um, what is it? Does Do these accents come naturally to you? Mm, I guess I've been practicing it quite a lot when I was growing up watching TV. I mean, sad to say, these are all stereotypes, but obviously I've just stopped doing them. But I think my accent right now is what we call a, an American neutral with, with a lot of frequent Filipino inflections. So I'd say my accent right now is actually an amalgamation of like all the accents I've been trying to do growing up. Right. Yeah. And what about yours? Doesn't seem fully Indian to me, at least in my stereotypical mind. I would say it's it's a similar story to yours, where I think I have a natural Indian accents, and then I've picked up all these other inflections from all the other different cultures that I have come across. There is a little bit of American. I try to soften my my R's and my T's. On the R's, man. Look, you just you just did it. You just did it. I swear, you heard. I heard it. You know, you just did it. You just did it. Own the R's, and I, I think mean, I will own my like really you know really apparent in filipino inflections as if i just barely passed the call center accent exam so <laughs> i gotta own the arts yeah You're right Welcome to Cross Cultured, a podcast that celebrates the diversity in Asia as told through the multicultural experiences of two Asian dudes living right here in sunny Singapore. This is Sunit, the Indian guy. And this is Eric, the Filipino guy, as you can tell from our accents. Um, just to expand to what Sunit mentioned, this podcast really is a way for us to have more nuanced discussions on the cross-cultural differences and similarities of the people we've met uh, living here through one of the most multicultural cities in the world in Singapore. So Eric, what do you think makes Singapore one of the most multicultural cities in the world? Well, as you already, I mean, if, if you guys are not familiar with Singapore, even though like most people here are either Chinese, the majority are Chinese, or Chinese descent, uh, Malay or South Indian. It's it's really even a much more massive salad bowl of different nationalities from the different other Indians, a lot of various Europeans, a lot of various East and Southeast Asians such as myself, and a sprinkle of like Latin Americans and Africans. So you, you get all these different flavors of the world just in one place. Note, I mentioned salad bowl, not necessarily melting pot like the Americans would like to describe their societies because melting pot actually entails that most of your, your American immigrants have absorbed to this generic American culture. Here in Singapore, what I've noticed is that people don't necessarily, at least specifically the, the, the migrant population, they don't necessarily absorb to this one standard Singaporean culture. Most of us, me, you, you as an Indian, me as a Filipino, and a lot of the other people, our, our multicultural friends here, have just stuck to their own culture. And that's why I say salad bowl, because people keep to their own culture. And for some reason, we just live in harmony. And that's the beauty of living here, really, because everyone 
Um, because everyone is true to their culture. You can learn a lot from just interacting with everyone else. Because everyone's not just adapting to one standard culture. Everyone is just being themselves and you can learn a lot from that. So Suni, what's your first important defining multicultural experience? So a little bit of my background here, like I was a hotelier who, who's now turned a techie. Um, I grew up in one of the most multicultural cultural cities in India, which is Mumbai. Right. And I mean, I was exposed to a lot of different kinds of people who spoke different languages, um, who were from different ethnic groups. But I would say the real sort of tipping point experience for me was really when I moved to Singapore for my studies. Um, and that's around the time that we met each other. Yeah. And that was really the, the, the tipping point where I started realizing that there is a, a, a bigger world out there. And I made friends who were not necessarily Indian. I mean, right. I made Indian friends, but I also made a whole lot of other friends from other different kinds of countries and cultures. And you're so multicultural. You actually married someone outside of your own race. Right. That is true. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was really what, um, what was a big um, shift for me. What was yours, Eric? Well, for me, I've grown, uh, I've grown up in the Philippines. I was born and raised there. I moved out of the Philippines when I was in my mid-teens. Uh, starting here in Singapore, actually, funnily enough, I left and I come, came back. Uh, I went to an American school, an international school here, largely with Americans. So it felt like, oh, it's like it's a lot more Americans, right? It feels like even though they're from different races, they still have that standard American culture. Interestingly, I moved to the U.S. and uh, I, I, I lived and I, I went to school in Southern California, where there's a shit ton more different cultures there. And I thought that was my first significant multicultural experience, living in the dormitories in the University of California. My roommate was African-American. My suite mates were Indian, Eastern European, other East Asians, Mexicans, and other Latinos. And there's just so much diversity within, actually, University of California Irvine is a largely Asian school. But I felt like living in my like group of friends in the dormitories was actually more diverse than anywhere else in the school because I've had all these other non-Asians living with me. That is so interesting. I, I, I didn't know that the um, UCL, UCL... Yeah, UCL... University of Chinese Immigrants. <laughs> that's, that's the term. I think it still is. I have a brother who went there. I have two other cousins also who went there, all Filipinos, all Asians, right? Wow. Um, but I prided myself for being like roommates with, a, with an African-American guy, being friends with Latin Americans. And there's that kind of awkward racism that happens uh, like between us especially me because i'm the only foreigner in the bunch and right. i get like stupid stupid ass questions like oh do you guys live huts in the philippines live in huts in the philippines it's like you fucking idiot no we have freaking houses and buildings like even even like to the extent of like oh y'all get coconut radios in singapore I was like, that's a <laughs> coconut radio so like there's that friendly banter it's like i thought i was found racist i would say something back in a in a more racist way which is yeah i won't go to that um, but I would get really antsy and respond accordingly. But I, 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 it, it, it just brought me down. I was like, listen, these guys don't really know much about, you know, the Philippines, even though there's a lot of Filipinos in California. They don't know a lot about foreigners straight from the Philippines. So they'll ask me these things. So I was just like, calm down, dude. It's cool. So, so I just retort back with my own version of my, my stereotype towards him. But at the end of the day, we all like got along. And that was my multicultural experience because I'm getting to know people outside of my own nationality, even though they're all from different, 
you know, different races and they're all from America. So. Yeah, and I think like a lot of those questions tend to come from a place of curiosity. Right, definitely. It's, it's really up to us to kind of react to it uh, as the way you did. We just say, yeah, these guys just don't know it. And they, it's just funny just, banter. They just don't know. We don't live in Hutt, you stupid fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so what, which is actually interesting when I, like, so that was one defining part. And then I moved back to Asia uh, I worked in the Philippines for a while, then I moved back to Singapore where I took my MBA and I met, met you and a whole bunch of our mutual friends, right? Um, so I thought that would be like another another kind of very defining multicultural experience for me. So that's the time when we met Sunit. I want to know as probably I think your first Filipino friend. Yes, Eric. I, what, was your, what was your first impression of me? Oh, well, um, I mean, I thought that you knew just so much about pop culture like you were you were one of those guys that would make all these amazing pop culture references to a lot of the american cultures the movies the music and there would be times when i had to go back to my dorms and like look up things for reference so i could get what you were trying to say but i thought you were funny all along so that was cool like i i thought that you were yeah um, you were a lot of fun to hang out with well yeah no this just comes from a place where like I'm a lonely nerd who just watches television all the time. I still do. So I, I just know these things out of just interest because I don't hang out with other people. Um, <laughs> That's not true, Eric. You yeah. have made some friends now. Yeah, good, good. I love it. Oh, God, I feel so, I feel so important. I feel so important in Singapore. Anyway, um, actually, my first impression of you was obviously a chatty guy. Uh, knows a lot of trivia, knows a lot about Asian history. You snigger a lot, which is, you know, that, 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 that stupid thing. And we have, a, we have a large group of Indian friends. And while you're obviously each a different person, each unique to your own different characteristics, I noticed that most of y'all are very opinionated. Every single one. You have For something sure. to say in class. You have something to say when we're drinking. You have something to say in, I don't know, wherever else. Like, is that is that a... Thing is that that's my stereotype of Indian people. Why are you guys so opinionated? I think it comes from a place where India is is a is a country of 1.3 billion people, right? So it's just a lot harder to get yourself heard unless you have strong opinions about something. And ah, okay. Well, you are loud enough to, um, or at least upfront enough to express those opinions. Right. So if you think about it, I think it really starts from when you're really young and you are studying with 60 or 70 other pupils in the same class. And that's where it comes from. Like you really need to have strong, well-articulated opinions um, to have the teacher notice you. And that's what I thought you guys are great at. You guys are very articulate with your opinions. I, in my sensibilities as a Filipino, we're not we're generally not opinionated. I mean, granted, we, we love karaoke. But that's a different story altogether. But we're not, it's not part of our culture being opinionated and just voicing your opinions, unless it's in social media, another topic for another day. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting that you guys, I mean, you guys are obviously very smart, but you guys just love, just, you have to be out there. Even here in Singapore, you know, I yeah. think especially here in Singapore. I mean, now that you know, like the competition, obviously, like you're here in Singapore, you're competing with the rest of the world, if you think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like, to think about that, 
I mean, my my defining stereotype of um, of Filipinos to sort of flip the coin and to talk about what about what me. I thought about <laughs> yeah Filipinos was was that a lot of the Filipinos were extremely musically talented. Like everyone was part of a band, or at least to the very least they sang. Right. Right. And that that's a, like that's a, a good stereotype. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I am part of that stereotype. I do play. Most of the band instruments, except like a flute, but that's just I don't know. That's just my personal interest. Um, so y'all think we love karaoke? Yes, that's my opinion. I don't. <laughs> I generally don't. I mean, I I I can hang. I can definitely sing. Absolutely, like the average Filipino can sing. But it's not just not my thing, man. Like I don't do karaoke. But that's another <laughs> interesting like stereotype. I mean, but it really is part of our. I mean, singing and dancing is part of our culture, similarly to how it's part of Indian culture. Absolutely. In our end, though, I think our uh, our version of singing and merrymaking kind of stems from you know our Catholic roots. We sing in church. Mm-hmm. Um, Spanish love you know Spanish folk love guitar. We love the guitar too. Then the Americans came in, brought in their fucking Elvis and their jazz music, and eventually pop culture just took over our. You know, our part of the culture that karaoke is, karaoke is that conduit for popular music. 70s, yeah. 80s, uh, 90s rock and pop and and, and, uh, and and all that popular music from the West eventually morphed into more of the K and J pops that you hear more in the 2000s to like now. It's still part of our culture. Popular music is still part of our culture. It's part of that karaoke culture. Yeah. And I think now like you've seen it evolve to like, K-pop, which is, you know, a phenomenon in the world anyway, as it is. But that's part of our karaoke culture now, too. We love, we, we never stop singing. We never stop singing foreigner songs. We just shifted from the West to the East. To the East. Right. It's hilarious that you mentioned that. Right. And um, one of the things that I remember a, a few months ago before coronavirus hit, I was in Hong Kong. Right. Um, and there was a Filipino two-piece band. Um, who was singing in... Wait, two-piece? Well... It was, it was like just, guitar and like... Yeah, a dude with a guitar with, and with the singer. box. Yeah. Oh, oh guitar the, and singer. Right? Guitar and singer and the, the singer was on the box. Oh, yeah, typical. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was in Hong Kong and they were singing in a bar and they could do anything from like the, the you know, sort of rock classics right. all the way to like latest Chinese um, ballads. Right. And it was so amazing to hear how they would like just shift languages and people were still responding to that. Really? And I think that is really cool. Really? Oh, in yeah. Hong Kong. Well, I guess, no, I've heard of such things too in Japan where the uh, where the Filipino singers would sing in Japanese, in perfect Japanese. Yeah. And when I was there, I took a dive in 2008, my cousin's wedding. I met with a Japanese friend. He's, he's Japanese-American. We go to fucking karaoke, like most East Asians would. We just go to freaking karaoke. He pops in a Filipino song, which is weird. I thought it was a good cross-culture thing. <laughs> he would sing, it wasn't perfect, but he would sing it in his Japanese accent. But it's interesting how he would actually just take my culture and like try to impress me. Uh, flip the coin, I would say like most of the bands there will also sing in Japanese. I think that's also part of our personality as Filipinos. We love absorbing other cultures and we learn. We're, we're much more, I would say, like a, a, like a chameleon when you find us in different countries. We, we right. try to adapt. As opposed to, uh, you know, as opposed to 
just sticking to our own culture, just be more forceful about it. Yeah. Right. Compared to say, I don't know about you guys, like Indians would probably do the same thing, huh? I I think like Indians do tend to like hold their own culture much more preciously than much more preciously that's, that's uh, because Filipino. it is so distinct right. as well, um, and there's just so much emphasis of growing with it growing up. Um, there right. are just rituals that that people hold on to and um, and just want to make sure that it's handed down from one generation to the next. So, is that why Indian food is so popular? Is that food is just part of your culture? You just don't. It doesn't disappear from any Indian household. Yeah, it just wouldn't. Right. It's fantastic because we don't. Like it disappears. Like right now, Filipino food doesn't even rank in my top five. Really? Indian food ranks in my top five. Wow. I mean, it's comfort food like American cheeseburgers, right? Yeah. To me, that's comfort food. Our our adobos, our freaking lechons. Yeah. That's comfort food, but it's not. I'm like I'm like not craving for it all the time. Like to me, I, I freaking have chicken tikka masala right now. <laughs> Stereotype of Indian food. It's not. Yeah. It's not the only Indian food out there, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. So I can just move on. Um, so, what's your motivation for doing the podcast? That's a great question, um, and I think it really started the the idea of this podcast started around the coronavirus period when we could no longer travel. And if if you look at the news around you and everything that's happening in the world. It almost seems like every country and every culture is trying to build up these walls, um, and right. and look and go far more inward than look outward. So I wanted to do this podcast so that people can explore other cultures, even though they can't travel. And hopefully, the listeners would, from our conversations, you know, realize that we have far more things in common with other cultures than there are things that drive us apart. And that's what I really want to put forward to to the listeners right there are a lot of differences a lot of similarities yeah you're right those are the discussions that i guess a lot of people don't hear in the mainstream podcast world i always hear you know europeans or westerners you know being asian experts i guess in an academic sense they are sure but it'll be interesting to hear people from different parts of asia you're from india i'm from the philippines talk about these differences as opposed to like you know, someone from the West as an observer making these academic uh, observations and insights, right? Exactly. I think that's the point. And, and on top of that, I do feel like knowing you for so many years, a source of my pride of being here is having this multicultural cohort of friends and, and colleagues I can tap into for, for insight. And I think moving forward in this podcast, we probably want to bring some of these people in. Um, and that really is my motivation, not just talking about my experiences. I want to bring in the other people that we've experienced these cross-cultural exchanges with in the, in the podcast. Absolutely. And I want to talk to all these cool people who are funny, who are amazing. And we are so blessed to be living here in Singapore that we have access to all these people. You know, we can, we can pull in people from multiple different cultures, different countries, talk about their quirks and talk about like what makes their cultures unique and what makes them similar to ours. Right, and yeah, I think that's that's what we definitely want to do. Uh, how do we format this in the future? I guess we're going to do like Zoom calls or something. Huh? Yeah, I think that's <laughs> going to be exciting as well. We're going to learn how to use technology to another level. Right. Where we're bringing in people well, from across the world. 
yeah by the way guys i'm doing post-production on this so i don't know how i'm gonna record the zoom freaking the zoom recording into the thing on like garage band i okay this is gonna be complicated for me again we're testing this out this is our first time doing a podcast so we'll see what happens man we'll see um i mean on top of that i think the format of the podcast wouldn't just be us identifying a specific culture i think we're gonna delve in more specific topics like interracial dating or like media and all those things business society and politics we're gonna focus more on topical things as opposed to cultural things and see how different cultures how different cultures actually respond to such you know issues um i guess moving forward we'll get into that um we're not trying to be thought leaders this is more likely a banter of two friends just hanging out drinking ginger tea at 11 a.m or 12 noon um <laughs> And then let's see. Let's see if good insight just comes out of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Point. So let's wrap it up for today. And I am so excited to do this again, Eric. All right, cool. Let's, let's, let, we'll let you guys know for the next episode what's going to happen. So see us. See ya. Later.